and welcome to Pyres and Twirling Unwired, a daily discussion about business, technology, and current events around the world. Featuring Tim Pyres, a career software, privacy, and mobile communication pro, and Ben Sperling, a leading professional in digital health and healthcare technology. This program is casual and non-rehearsed, and may feature occasional guests or recorded interviews. Let's join Jim and Ben now. Welcome to Unwired, episode 13 for March 20, 2020. Hello, Jim Pyers from FEMA Region 9, the hidden jewel in Escondido. Hello, Ben. Uh, ben Sperling from Point Loma, California. <laughs> Today's How's it show. Going, Jim? It's I'm going great. Today's show, we're in recovery mode. We're Corona 2, part 2. This is the, um, the second episode related to this nonstop topic. Uh, we've got some new announcements today. I want to tell you about um, our new website and how you can donate to the Unwired show. Uh, we're a value for value network. Um, please visit wiresworld.net. And uh, there's a there's a link to the podcast, and in, there's multiple places where you could donate to the show. We'd really appreciate it, and um, looking forward to everybody's support. So donations uh, donations will help get better mics, maybe some soundproofing. Um, so you won't have to do your – so I won't have to do my podcast from the closet sometimes uh, when it's noisy at the house. Um, <laughs> but we're all, you know, we're all pitching in. <laughs> That's a great point. Ben from the closet in yes. Point Loma, California. Yes, it's not it's not a bunker. <laughs> no. No, so we're looking forward to that, and uh, yeah, visit the site. We're we're going to have a blog, and we're going to promote other uh, podcasts that we listen to, and a lot of good stuff there. Also, you can find out what Ben and I are working on. So there's links to. Um, the companies that I work with and that Ben works uh, with and for. And so there's some real interesting stuff there. So have a look. Yeah, That's so, wiresworld.net. So, Jim, I typically am not a big fan of uh, repeating a topic, especially back to back. Right. But obviously this topic, coronavirus or COVID-19, is you know, undeniably taking most of the attention of our daily lives right now. It's just, it's been so disruptive, right? So um, definitely some different angles and different developments that are happening. Um, I think first and foremost, you and I both live in California. And last night, um, our beloved uh, governor um, came on TV and said that we have to shelter in place, which means everybody should stay at home. Unless you're going to the grocery store or if you have a critical job like, you know, working in grocery or food or or delivering um, or healthcare, um, that we should stay at home. And it was pretty interesting because, you know, he said that, hey, he's declaring this. And then the next sentence he said, but I am not going to enforce it with police. I am hoping social, essentially social shame will keep people <laughs> yes. at home. That was his, his way. Um, I got to start out by just going, what? Like, if you're going to tell people they got to stay at home and shelter in place, 
don't tell them that you're not going to enforce it with police. Like, just leave that blank, right? Oh, but, no, but uh, Ben, he's a politician, so he wins either way now. This is why. So if he makes his little, you know, proclamation, hey, now he's his ass is covered. And if we don't listen, well, then it's on us. So it's it's the perfect political play. Uh, uh, you know and, how and much I did not love that. It's sickening, but it's obvious and expected. And I got to give him credit. Um, well, I don't know. In California, you could probably get away with it. There's so many sheep sheeple here. But um, most mostly, it's a bad idea to to go martial law at this point. And I think the backlash, uh, especially in certain areas of the state, would be immense. Nah, Plus, dude. Uh, nah, uh, <laughs> like, look, rip the Band-Aid off. Like, the longer this goes on and drags out, it's like a trickle effect. It's like, if, if, you're, if that's what you want, get people to stay in their home. Let's get this over with. But instead, it's going to drag out because... People aren't going to follow it. It's just going to spread it even further, and it's going to go on longer. It's going to hurt, like, the people that are staying in. It's going to hurt the economy. Like, no, I don't I don't buy into it. Like, So here, here's my strategy. If he was really smart, because he's not very smart, but if he was smart, here's what he would do. So if you want to get everyone to stay home, you put – things on TV that keep them locked in the house. So one is you make WWE free 24-7. <laughs> MMA free 24-7. Have the best fights. Get this stuff going. Bring back the NBA. Have them play in, the, in empty stadiums, but let the TVs roll. So at least, they, at least we could be watching it on TV, right? So bring back sports. Get everyone back to sports, empty places, but at least the games go on and everybody. So think about it. you'd have everyone glued to the TV 24-7. Nobody okay. go outside. Yeah. End of okay. end of game. ESPN for free. And th- you can thank me later. <laughs> well, I you know, it is interesting. It's an interesting concept of which is entertainment, right? Um, if you get people in their house and not thinking about being in their house, you could win, right? So like when you get on a plane, the airlines used to charge you like $5 to see a movie and like, you know, it costs you for entertainment, right? And they realize they get better customer satisfaction scores and their flight attendants are bothered less and harassed less. And they actually ask for less food and save money there if there's good content, right? And it's free because people are focused on that. So I, I, you know, I, I, you know, compliment you. That's an interesting idea. Um, <laughs> I, I don't hey, know. Come if on. It's, it's high in creativity. It, it, I, it probably would work. I mean, the chance that that would work, I think, is it's it's oh it's above ninety percent. Well, I I am. I thought it was ridiculous to, to to tell people to stay at home, but it's like it's like a London traffic traffic cop with a whistle. It's like he's telling you to stop, and you're driving right by him. I mean, it's like it's the most ridiculous ridiculous thing to do, right? If you're gonna put something out there, enforce it. You know, I've got some colleagues that work in in, in France and Paris. Like yep. they have to have you know an exemption 
to be able to leave, right? Other than getting food, right? If you're going to the grocery store, if you're going to a food service place, I get it, right? Take out. But, you know, just milling around, you know, gathering, no, I don't get it. So the example would be is in Florida. In Florida, spring break's happening right now. And kids were going, college students were going, and they were packing Tampa Bay beaches, Clearwater, and the Panhandle, right? And there's like videos of these kids partying, right? And dude, I, I love, the spring break was a great time, but you can't do that now. You can't. And so finally, the governor of, of uh, Florida got so much backlash, he condemned it, he finally closed the beaches, which I'm like, there you go. You should have done that a while ago because every day that we that we don't tighten up on this is just going to prolong this because they're going to use this excuse saying, hey, see, you, you spread it because you didn't stay in your home or you didn't stay put. Right. And OK, so so now I'm I'm going to I'm going to play the other side of this coin go for because it. I heard. Uh, so you're suggesting, you know, that the sequestration is the right approach. Everyone needs to be locked down and um, and the logic there. So let me play the the logic is um, we don't spread it around um, because we're not coming in contact with others. And, um, you know, that makes sense uh, in some ways. And so nobody moves around that way. You can't infect others and we're all safe. So that's that's the, the theory. Yeah. Over a period so, of time. Right. Yeah. That's the well, working theory. Yep. That's the working theory. So then here's another theory that I, I heard. Um, guy's a billionaire. I don't know if, if he's smart, but he's always smart enough to get a billion dollars. So smarter than me anyway. Um, I, he, he, this, I was listening to uh, Jason Calacanis and Ch- Chamath Palpatia the other day, and they, were, they had a, a specialist on, I can't recall his name, David Friedberg or Friedberg. He's in a healthcare space. Okay. Anyway, they were having a discussion about this immunity um, theory, the, and, and their theories. Most of them are theories, and so the they had their uh, immunity theory was based on a herd immunity, and um, Chamath was uh, positing, suggesting as a theory. Not he was not claiming this is fact or works, but it did have some. Uh, all, it also had some sense to it, which is the opposite of the sequestration theory. It was that in order for humans to evolve, we had to um, actually be infected and build up our own resistance to a new a virus. Um, sure. It's kind of kind of the uh, you know the theory of evolution, okay, which suggests that the quickest way to beat something like this is to expose the most people to it so that um, many people develop the immunity and then it's not passed on. It's, you know, there, there is this um, another theory that this virus is, um, you know, far more deadly than, uh, than the common flu or far more deadly than, you know, the common cold. Yeah, I mean, there there seems to be some numbers that bear that out at for, for for the elderly. Not even sure if that's true. If you really look at the numbers um, that that John Hopkins is putting out, for example, doesn't seem to be uh, 
you know, you look at the number of cases minus the number of deaths and then the number of people that are uh, recovering, it it's, doesn't seem to suggest that this is such, you know, a deadly disease, especially for healthy people. So, well, here's the, th- but, here's the thing about the yeah. herd theory, though. Here, this is yep. where, it, so your herd theory is get, get everybody infected, they eventually build up antibodies, right? Right. And one more point that they made. Yeah. So the reason they were saying we have to go this way is, you know, let's say you have a vaccine that's effective and you had okay. it right now. Yep. Well, then, yeah, then you would go the route, you know, if this if this was correct, then you'd you'd vaccinate everybody, supposedly. And then that would work. And that's that's the replacement for well, getting it and building up your own immunity. But, but since, right, that's, they since give you a little bit, that's like the flu. Yeah, it's the flu. Yeah, it's like the right. flu. So, so but right now, the problem is- No, but hold on, we're, we're a year away from, of that or, you know, whatever. We're, we're some period away where we, we won't have that possibility. So it's not, that, it's not that we only have to survive for this little period of time. It's that we're gonna have to survive until there's well, and the other side of the coin is not only is there not a vaccine, but there's not a treatment. So so they're saying there's no treatment and there's no vaccine. What they're saying is, you know, this is this is just reason. What they're saying is you have to beat this yourself with your own immunity system because I, I there isn't another solution for it. Right. Well, so well, but then but that, that goes you, you've led into the other point, though, which is. The herd mentality means every you know everybody gets infected or a larger population gets infected, right? To build up immunity, right? Some percentage, yeah. But but the immunity, just like the flu, though, is is a one-off. You're good for that one, right? Mm-hmm. What about when it mutates, right? So and I think it's the amount of folks that get sick and what we don't know about it and how to control it enough right now. It would be dangerous to go that route because. We can't handle it. We weren't prepared for it, right? So if there was a treatment for it, great. If there was a vaccine for it, great. But to do it just basically like, hey, all of a sudden, I'm going to go infect everybody. Um, and then they'll eventually, and some will, will you know, have build up antibodies and, 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 and be okay. Like some will be asymptomatic, but others are going to be deathly ill. Like, and I think we just don't know enough about it to be able to do that. That's why I'm, I'm not buying into the herd mentality. I would say no, that's a, that's, that's that works point. more, that it works more when I've got a treatment. If I've got something that I know I could treat people with, you know, it may not be the vaccine, but it's a, it, you know, I could treat them and I know it would be deadly. Great. You know, I hear, you know, it's a set of IV bags, you know, a cocktail of some, you know, medicines and, you know, it's going to suck, but you'll get through it. Right. And, you know, most there'll be a low death rate. I could see maybe doing it that way, kind of like in somewhat. That's kind of what we do with the flu. Right. I mean, Absolutely. that is kind of what, right. But yeah. but this isn't the flu. And I think that when we, you know, overly generalize it, because there are tons of flu deaths every year. Right. There there absolutely is. Right. This yep. one's too much of an unknown. You know, I've been hearing disputed things about, you know, this could work, that could work, right? So I think until we get a little bit of a handle on that, just a little bit better handle, right? 
then I'm not for the, the herd mentality. I'm for people just staying in place. And hey, look, if you got to go walk your dog, walk your dog. But be smart about like not interacting with people. Don't hang out at the beach. You know, don't be passing Budweiser to your to your buddy. Right. No, so, that's a good point. So I let mean, me let me let me take it another direction. So this this um, is related. So this okay. is related to the idea that you use the virus to stop the virus. So this is a um, sort of a bio um bio weapon uh use the virus to stop a virus almost like a backfire that you do what is it called a setting when you set fires like yeah it's like a backfire backfire. yeah 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 okay all right so 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 tell me yeah go through that so if you're going to do a burn yeah you 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 know you set up some other places where you burn it and it all comes in together and then it burns out so okay so the theory here is that um and it's kind of related to the, the herd theory in a way. So what they're saying, what China did. So remember the, the videos where you saw China spraying all this stuff um, into the into the city, into the Wuhan province to, and you don't, we, we don't um, actually know what they were spraying, right? So what were they spraying into, into basically into the streets? Okay. Did you see those videos? Do you remember I didn't, that? but... I didn't, but I can I can envision it. Okay, so they spray yeah, so stuff could, on their population. In YouTube, they right, had these so. giant trucks going around, and they, I mean, basically like you'd spray a field on a farm. Okay. okay. They were going. They were going through town doing okay. this. Okay. All right. So what what's what's your hypothesis of what's in that? So here's here's what what um, you know some some theorists have come up with. So you you think about what they were spraying was according to a lot of different sources, some good, some bad, the, the, there's two coronaviruses that are COVID-19. Okay. And wh- one, of the, one of the strains of the virus, I think one's called L and one's called S. Not sure about that. But in any case, either in, in one of the strains, it's, it's pretty deadly. And it's the, it's the bad one to get. And it causes all the respiratory problems, and it's especially deadly for the elderly. And then there's the other one, which a lot of people are getting. And in that strain, it's um, it, it's not deadly at all, and in fact, it's uh, pretty mild, and most most people have recovered. Now, here's the interesting part about the claim. The claim is that if you get either one and survive, you build it, up the antibodies. You, you you build up the antibodies and and you're not going to get it again, like kind of like the chicken pox. Okay, all uh, right. Once once you've had it, or once you've had the measles or the mumps, you you, you typically you don't get it again. So this is yeah. the theory. So the so back to the what the Chinese were spraying, the Chinese, according to this source, were spraying the virus. And they were, you know, and again, I'm not sure if it's L or S or what the number is, but they were spreading the virus of the non-lethal, uh, not SARS, but the uh, COVID-19. Okay. And, And that was basically to infect the area. And so that the people would build the immunity and then they wouldn't get the bad one and wouldn't die. That's, and if you if you look at kind of what's happening there now, you see that China has basically leveled off. 
They're not adding so, a whole lot of so, so says yeah. So says China. <laughs> so so says China. But so I mean, says China. It, nobody else has died, right? Well, or the, I mean, even even just the infection. So forget about the death rate. That's another story. Sure, but sure. Just I, just know, the the confirmed yeah. cases kind of thing. Yeah, I, I can't take China's word for it. But let's. I'll, I'll just say, okay, I hear you. This is, by the way, this is the first time I've actually heard this uh, this take on it. Uh, interesting. Um, you know, you know, certainly an interesting theory. I mean, um, you know, that would that would support the herd men, 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 uh, mentality. I just feel like, you know, look, if it if it takes two weeks, takes three weeks, we we you know we we. Uh, Work in place, stay at, pl you know, educate our kids in place. If we stop, you know, we could stop spreading it and then we can start, you know, a postmortem trying to solve this thing. Right. Come up with a vaccine. So in case it rears its ugly head again, it's just that we're, you know, our lives are stopping now. Right. And we've got to do something. We've got to do something to change things. Um and interesting enough is, so I heard uh, President Trump speaking and he got in kind of a, a verbal spat with, you know, a reporter from, I think, NBC or whatever. And, and, the, and the crux of it was, is, is, is he being too optimistic? So I'm going to put this out to you. You know, the, the, the reporter said, hey, are you being too optimistic um, about the chances of this drug working or that or this? And I guess is, is, is there anything wrong with the president being optimistic or should he always be kind of, you know, super hyper, you know, careful about what he says and, um, you know, always giving the worst? What, what's your opinion? Hmm. I think this one, you know, imagine you're running, you know, a small company. And you've got you've got a few people that are working in. You know, as the CEO, you you know how the business is going. You know the the story. Maybe things are going really bad. Maybe it, you're very close to being shut down, like probably a lot of small companies are right now. Um, the the CEO he has to be honest, right? He has to tell he has to tell the the story of what's going on, but he has to have the the team keep fighting or it's all over. So, so the tightrope is to, to be truthful and to give the information that's necessary, but also to continue the fight. We can't give up. We can't stop fighting. And, you know, all those people that are out there on the front lines uh, helping those that are sick, they got to keep fighting. They got to have motivation. So the president trying to be positive in a tough situation, I think, is a necessity. I think if he got up there and and was the doom and gloom terrorist like the M like the MSM is right now, I don't think that's very helpful. Um, even if he <laughs> is putting, you know, even if he is trying to. Um, yeah, keep everybody going and rolling and, you know, and that can be taken the wrong way. Like he's, he's not admitting, uh, what's really happening. I, I don't, I don't see I, it that way. Yeah, I know. I, that's an interesting point. So 
I, you know, I think that's a possibility is people are like, ah, he really doesn't know what's going on. But my opinion is people need hope, especially, especially when there's not a lot of facts or information out there. There really isn't a lot of facts. I mean, like, you know, what we can do to, you know, stay, you know, stay healthy is, is, is decent, but because we don't know how to solve the, the virus yet, you know, there's not a lot of facts. So I'm like, okay, people have been passing around these stories around social media, things to make you laugh, right? And it's, it's just hopeful things, right? And I feel like if you don't have hope, I mean, it's going to paralyze you. And so, I mean, I'm not justifying necessarily exactly what the president did in, in the context, but I'm just saying in general, it's like, I'm okay if he's being a little optimistic as long as, you know, he's saying, but we still need to do these things, like we need to sequester in place or whatever, right? As long as he says, there's things we need to do. We still have things to accomplish before we're out of the woods, but there is hope that, you know, this is showing promise, right? Um Look, if you're not showing a light at the end of the tunnel, um, it, there's just going to be a train coming. I mean, that's right. really what it boils down to. So I don't see I, I think this is um, I mean, look, they've this is the media has been one sided since the beginning. So why should they change now? I don't see that. I, I don't well, I I don't think it's well, unexpected that they're continuing to bash the guy. What? Who yeah, cares? Well, we, we, we talked about this. So. Um, you know, uh, one of the reporters asked him today, hey, what are you going to do to, you know, essentially get back at China, right? What's the repercussions for China? I'm like, That's stop bomb. that. Well, you know, <laughs> well, first off, it's like, honestly, you know, revenge or whatever you want to call it, retribution or payback. Or, like, do, do we need to worry about that right now? <laughs> Like that's the that's last exactly thing we worry I, about. I, that's like, exactly my point. I I think I tweeted this today. I said, "Hey, let's let's play the blame game after we're out of the woods. There's yes. a lot. Let's focus on figuring this out, and then we can go blow up stuff. You know, a- afterwards if we have to. Um, probably that's not the right answer either. No, but, I don't think it's. Yeah. But the but the, th- but the thing is, you know, let's figure this out first, and then. We can look for people to blame or things to blame or countries to blame or whatever. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I think, you know, that that there's so much of that going on. I'm like, hey, look, let's just, you know, let's give people hope. Let's, you know, talk about practical things. Talk about practical ideas. Talk about government and and private business working together to, you know, to solve this thing. Um, You know, you know, one thing that was noted today is that the Secretary of Treasury has pushed back uh, tax filings from, you know, February or sorry, uh, April 15th to July 15th. I thought that was a good start. He's frozen interest on student loans. Right. Like he's trying to take some worries away from people because April 15th. Oh, ben, be I, now I'm going to call you out for your for um, actually you have been ahead of a couple of calls that have already been made. Um, and we talked about this a few days ago. So your first thing you were ahead of was the poor guy that got, um, that got busted in Florida yep. for riding his bike. And yep. uh, you were ahead of that story. We brought that story out. And uh, a few days later, we heard it on other 
on other media outlets and podcasts and things. And, and you were at least a couple of days ahead of that story. Then the other one you came out ahead on was the other day you called me and said, hey, I've got an idea. You know, what if what if uh, the administration came out and gave people, early, you know, early access to their 401ks without penalty? And we both thought that was a good idea because, you know, a lot of people are out of work. If you're young, you know, if you're younger, you can't touch it. And if you do touch it, you're going to get hammered. And, and in fact, it's your money. I mean, you, you you've built it up, but you can't but you can't get it when you need it. And and you get really hammered if you take some. So that was a great idea. Well, a couple of days later, what happens? They're talking about it now, which is giving access to 401k. So. Tell me the next couple of ideas you got. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. I'm like Nostradamus here right now. I mean, that was right. an interesting one. The 401k one and the you know early withdrawal for IRA without penalty. I just saw that today. Yeah, you're, you're right. And they were talking about, you know, 10K. Right. And I I think that's maybe not enough, especially in states like California. Right. So that may work in other states, but you know, it needs to be a little bit sizable. So. If uh, somebody in Congress is listening, uh, can you up that a little bit? Because I don't think 10K is going to cut it. Not in uh, not in California. That's like not in that California. Gets you two weeks. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's interesting. There's way and and by the way, uh, yeah, full disclaimer. Make sure this stays out there. It's like I'm not an accountant. Uh, so, but there are ways to get access to this thing uh, to your 401k, and it, you could you could set up a C corporation. Have a self-directed IRA, roll over your stuff to a self-directed IRA, and then fund your C corporation, right? So there's ways of doing that. Entrepreneurs have been doing that. Franchise businesses, that's one of the you know, the favorite ways that franchises sell to entrepreneurs. They're like, hey, you got a 401k? Well, this is what you can do. So that has been done. So, you know, it's it's an interesting and you, then you can pay yourself a salary as an employee. Uh, you can't pay yourself dividend because you don't own any of the stock. It's owned by your IRA that you have to pay back first and give dividend first. But um, by the way, again, check with your CPA and, and accountant, uh, you know, if you're even thinking about any of this, because uh, I'm just giving you the uh, just a roundabout uh, cocktail napkin idea. Um, but they should do this for, you know, without having to go through that hoop to get access to your own money with 401k for sure. And the nice thing about it is, is it's not, I mean, although you would pay taxes, most likely we wouldn't be accessing this and you wouldn't be paying taxes on it for a long time. This is something where the government can, it, you know, time value of money. It's better that we do it now and withdraw and then start replenishing and start rebuilding versus doing it later for the government. No, I, I, I think it's great information. Um, but I will say this is not investment advice and this content is for informational purpose only. And you should not consider <laughs> any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other advice. Thank you. Very slickly said. Um, <laughs> thank you for doing that disclosure. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, and really, that's in this podcast, this is just two guys talking. Right. And so none of this is legal financial advice. This is just what's happening in our lives, what our opinions are. Um, you know, that's one of the ideas we think it would be interesting and, and, and help us. Um, you know, I think, you know, also is, you know, some of the stuff that is coming out now about senators selling stock right before, um, you know, they got information and before the public knew. 
And the idea behind Congress people, you know, leveraging information they have for their personal gain is not new. So the fact that it's coming out <laughs> yeah. now, it's kind of like, yeah, that's inflammatory when everybody else is, you know, their 401ks in the toilet and they're making money. This has been going on since the beginning of time. I mean, I saw some stats about, you know, and I'm not trying to pick on Republican or Democrat, but I've, I've seen some stats where it's staggering where like Nancy Pelosi, you know, net earnings has gone up dramatically, like, you know, tens of millions, right, since taking office it. And you've got Joe Biden. I don't know if he's just bad at it, but he's only made 15 million. So um, the fact of the matter is this goes on all the time. And we shouldn't stand for it. That's why I don't like career politicians. Um, but when I saw that story, I'm kind of like, eh, this is this is no new news. No, it is absolutely not. And you have, you know, a large majority of the senators and the Congress people are um, are multimillionaires, and many of them have amassed hundreds of millions of dollars, like Nancy Pelosi. On salaries that are quite modest, um, salaries that you and I, as um, as people in te- uh, you know in high tech, you know we we've d- we've doubled their salaries. Um, I can tell you, my net worth is nowhere near Nancy Pelosi's, and uh, I I probably made a lot more money than she did on an annual basis. So I would be very curious to see how these folks actually. Um, Maybe they're just great investors, Ben. That's probably <laughs> what it is. Well, yeah, and, and I and again, it goes by, by you know Democrats and Republicans are doing this. This isn't just oh yeah, you know, no this picking is, on one party. This is this is every single one of these guys. There's there there is no uh, this is the nonpartisan issue. No yeah, there's actually something that's called the Stock Act that prohibit prohibits this. That it passed in 2012. And that says that, you know, government employees um, and uh, are not allowed to, you know, as I'm trying to play this clip, um, government employees, Congress, government employees, including staffers and members of the executive branch, judiciaries are not allowed to engage in insider trading based off of information that they learn on the jobs. Right. So this is something that you and I are already already affected by um, as, you know, uh, general uh, public now, Congress and, and staffers are also um, upheld by this. This was actually passed by Joe Lieberman was the bill sponsor right before he uh, retired. Well, what there is, you know, this is the the thing. You, uh, how how this works is they have to keep track of of the trades for all the con- the senators and the congressmen, and they do. But where they keep it is like it's in the basement. You know, it's one of those basement rooms. And for for example, as a journalist, if you wanted to go find out information about, the, you know, I think it's on microfish in the bottom of the basement, you know, and there's probably like one system that you can access. Uh, they've made it really difficult to to get to this data. So, yes, they're following the the letter of the law but i would say not the spirit so 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 you know no one's I mean, held this accountable is, for any of yeah this i mean 
the reason why this is coming coming out today is obviously because everybody's hurting financially or will be hurting financially because of this crisis, right? And here you are, you know, somebody's taking advantage of pain, right? The the despair, they're taking advantage of what's happening, right? So, and we as people, you know, find that disgusting, right? Um, yeah, so just I'm, looking as, at, I'm looking at Diane Feinstein. So allegedly her estimated net worth is $58.5 million. She assumed office in 1992. Current term ends in 2025. So that's pretty amazing out of a public service job. Paying 175000 a year. <laughs> Something like so, that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. She's t- she, that's, I mean, that's an ROI, dude. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't think... That, this is not a surprise, right? So, um, but I will say that, you know, you know, from a, back to the coronavirus or COVID-19, um, you know, I am starting to feel a little bit more positive about it. I and mean, I do feel like more people are going to get affected, but, you know, I'm feeling like there is light at the end of the tunnel on this thing. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking past this about, you know, getting back to life, right? Uh, I'm not letting it dominate my every thought. Well, I think you bring up a good point. Um, no matter how bad things are, you have to stay optimistic that you're going to come out of it or you're not, when we do come out of it, no matter what the damage is, um, we're going to be so as a country, as an economy, as individuals, we're going to be so damaged that we can't turn it around. So we have to keep fighting. And you know, it's like um, it's 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 like if an if you're in an avalanche. Well, you know, the uh, the best advice if you ever get in an avalanche is to is to try to stay on top, right? You try to keep swimming so you don't get buried by the avalanche, right? Um, and and it's I, I think in a terrible tragedy, horrific situation like we're in now, you got to try to swim and stay on top. It doesn't help to get buried by this thing, um, not for the country, not for, you know, um, companies, not for individuals. But I think there's there 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 are companies that are and, and individuals, there's companies, too, that are that are evolving. Right. So look, let's think about what's happened. So like, I just went to Costco today, right? And they've evolved to figure out how to adjust, right? They, they were letting 50 people into the stores. They, they had people six feet apart in the parking lot. It was a nice long line, but it moved quickly. And once you're inside, man, it really moved quickly. And they were, I mean, they were constantly wiping down the carts. I mean, like you saw a fleet of people doing this work, right? And they blocked off the front to make sure you had to follow this line. Everything they did, I thought, was pretty amazing how fast it flowed. I mean, we were in and out of that of Costco pretty quickly because it, it just flowed, right? And it was, it was super impressive. Uh, a lot of these stores are, you know, making time out for elderly folks to do, an, you know, an hour in the morning. Um, you know, truck drivers, supply chain, delivery personnel, they're doing amazing job. I mean, there is bread available. There is eggs available. There's milk available, you know, and 
you know, these these stores are saying, hey, look, we're going to limit you to one or two. Um, so you're not cleaning the place out, uh, which is good, too. But the foods there are, are, you know, food security, I think, is there. I, I think people need to exhale a little bit um, and stop kind of making this, you know, like what they were doing initially. So, I mean, it, it, it hasn't been that much of a challenge. Yeah, it's a little bit more inconvenient because you got to make multiple trips sometimes, but it's there. Um, and I think the businesses are learning how to do it better. I think people are learning how to do remote learning. I mean, from the time this got announced to like from from Friday, or sorry, Monday of this week to Friday, my kids and, and how they're studying and interacting with their teacher, with Google Classrooms and doing Skype and, and Zoom meetings with their with their friends to get the social interaction. It's been amazing. So they're adjusting too. And I think, you know, as terrible as the situation is, you know, keep learning, you know. Try to set yourself a schedule so you can create some normality. Do things that you can control, but be willing to adjust. And I think people are learning to adjust. And I think that's a pretty valuable lesson. Maybe if you think about it from a growth mindset, this is a good growth. If you have a good growth mindset, you can make the best out of this, even though it's a pretty, you know, bummer of a situation we're in. No, I mean, I, I, I think you've struck some optimism in a tough time. I think that's what's needed at the leadership level. Um, and I and I think criticizing that is counterproductive. It's pointless. It's pointless. Yeah, it's I, 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 this, is, this, is my, this is my innovator of the day. Maryland priest, Reverend Scott, I think it's Homer, offered a drive-through confessional. <laughs> <laughs> so you could drive up to the window of this, you know, church in your car, I guess he leans out, listens to you, you know, does what, you know, I'm, I, actually, I've never been to a confessional, I'm Jewish, so um, I don't know what they do in there other than confess. I don't know what the, you know, how he forgives you or what, but, um, you know, I think that's awesome, right? I think that's the kind of, you know, keep moving forward that we need. Yeah, because people... Uh, you know, people need help from their religious institution. I mean, think about it. If you outlaw 10, more than 10 people gathering, well, there goes church, right? No church. Oh, and there's, there's some churches yeah. that are that are violating that, by the way. Uh, and in some cases, in some states, have been shut down. I think that, you know, the... Yeah, but people the, need the, those things, you know? So it's like, yeah. you have, you know, we have to be careful as a, you know, as as the... As the entities that we've we've hired to lead these, you know, to 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 you know the, the folks that work for us, they don't they don't know that. But I, I like anyone who reiterates that, you know, please keep it going. Um, yeah. They they work for us. They work for the people, and it's important that we don't lose sight of uh, of life when you know when these bad things happen. Look, I changed my behavior. Actually, yeah. like I, I'm, I used to do conference calls, tons of conference calls, right? Now I'm doing video conference calls. I could have always done video conference calls, but I'm doing video conference calls because then I'm getting, my, uh, you know, a, I'm getting more personal interaction, I guess, than I would be from a conference call. And you know, yeah. because I'm you not getting I, as much. But I are pretty experienced at that. I mean, we've yeah, been yeah, doing I mean, that sometimes. Yeah. 
but we'd also see each other in the office or wherever. Like, so we didn't necessarily need as much a visual as before. I think now we do because of that. Right. Um, so, and I yeah, think, or, or if you're trying to do new business and you've never met the, the video aspect of it really, it, it improves the, um, the communication, no doubt, um, compared to, you know, voice only. Um, so that's, that's a great point. But you and I have worked. I mean, even when we were in the corporate world, you know, we had we had coworkers that were in the Philippines and in uh, China and in you know India and around the United States, around the globe. So we were used to working with video conferencing technology, voice conferencing technology. That was kind of an everyday thing for us. Yeah, but, you know, it was fun, though. We did, right? We did have the Philippines and other, and other places. But it was actually a lot of fun when we would get together around the table, right, when they would come into town, too. So it was like especially, seeing— Especially uh, at Hacienda de Vega. Exactly, right? So it was, it was great. <laughs> it, was like, it was almost like a family reunion, like when everybody came together. It was so—the connections, and the video enabled that. And I think that's kind of one of the tools that people need to start leveraging more and more. My kids are using it. I'm using it. More FaceTime, more Skype, more Zoom, you know, pick your pleasure uh, video, but don't just pick up the phone. Don't just, uh, you know, you know, send a text, but video conference, video, look at people, interact, see the body language, build a connection, keep your connection. I think those are the things that we need to do. We need to, you know, stop criticizing the things that are going wrong you know, in everything, somebody cuts you off or whatever. And, and this should be a lesson going forward. It should be much more of, you know, you know, pretty darn lucky, right. To have some of these things. Right. And I need to change my outlook. My outlook's going to control my happiness. Could not agree more. Yeah. So, all right. So hey, I have, I have heard. I'm just, so many- I'm just checking the donations from today. Man, the money's just rolling in. <laughs> well, I mean, th- th- we need better studio gear, so that's what it's for. So, um, um, anyways, I think uh, you know, we covered a lot in this. We've talked about, you know, ideas for the future related to this coronavirus, and we've talked about um, what we need to do as individuals. Um, and I'm still sticking with uh, sheltering in place or whatever you would call it, sequestering in place versus the herd mentality. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm not advocating for any of these things. Don't listen to me. Um, but I do think it's interesting, um, you know, when, when you look at the situation we're in where we don't have actual tools right now. And we, and we know the tools, by the time the tools get here, Let's face it, it's going to be further down the road. And so you, in a way, we're kind of on our own to sort this out. And that that is, um, uh, you know, it's kind of how it usually is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would just say that. I, I am a bit of a survivalist in that way, you know, which is usually, you know, it's, it's a, like, a little bit like the police. It, you, the, the police are usually not there when you need them. Uh, you know, they usually come after when already the damage is done. And that's not their fault, but it's just the way 
you know, things happen and then you have to learn and figure out what happened. And that's just like how we are here. We're, we're in a situation where something happened with this new virus and the, the, the industry, the government, the people, they've all got to figure it out while it's happening. And, and that's the other thing, what, what I kind of don't appreciate about the media is, you know, a few weeks ago, this, this wasn't even a thing. I don't know how many, you know, probably have to go back about eight, nine weeks. You know, they were impeaching the president and this, no one was talking about this. And so, so now suddenly, just a few weeks later, the expectation is we should have all the answers. That's not really how it works. Well, um, like it's not realistic whether it's Trump or Obama no, or Bush really, or Clinton. It's, it's just not. It's right. not realistic. Yeah, it, it's it, not it is. Yeah, it's no, not. it's um, not. Well, the one thing that I, you know, a couple things that before we close out the show here is one is bec- people um, by nature will start filling up air with stuff that isn't true just because there's a lack of information out there, right? So, like, one of the latest ones I heard is that, you know, National Guard is going to do a national quarantine, right? And so some National Guard general had to come out and say, that's not true, right? <laughs> um, I, it's like, I think it's because it's, it's very natural when people are like, stories just get made up. And people are like, oh, that's, that's plausible, right? Oh, okay, good. We can cash a advertising check on that, right? Like, Stop, we got to stop spreading those things. And I almost, I almost, you know, kick myself for even bringing that one up uh, because I'm, spread, you know, I'm almost spreading it a little bit. Like what I'm trying to is, is a lesson is, is stop doing that, people. Like, if no, you don't listen, know, if just I, say I don't it, know. So Ben, if I clip you just right, I can get a clip out of that that where you're saying the general said that um, we're taking over, and you know, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happens too. You you see a lot of these poor guys get taken out of context because oh, yeah. they don't listen to the whole thing. And then next thing you know, it's uh, yeah. The the rumor is that uh, you know we're all going to be under martial law here. Yeah. The other thing that sickens me, that sickens me, is that I have heard cases where you know because uh, that Asians have been targeted in the U.S., beaten up, bullied. Because of, you know, the the virus, right? They're saying, oh, it's the Asian virus, blah, 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 or, you know, Chinese virus. I mean, and it'd be a Korean or Japanese guy. It's not even a, a Chinese, but it doesn't even matter. It's like, what are they thinking? They're thinking that guy in the U.S. that lives in New York somehow, like, brought it over here? I mean, it's ridiculous. And then to, like, bully him and beat him up or whatever? I mean, like, this is the lunacy. I'm, I'm I'm upset at the people that are stealing all the toilet paper, right? And I'm I'm really upset at the ignorance of uh, some of our fellow Americans for that kind of ridiculous behavior. And I would say that I'm surprised, but I'm not because there's always some idiots out there that do this kind of dumb stuff. They're like it That's... happened after 9/11, and it's happening now for something that is preposterous. And so, like, if you've got a friend. If you've, got, or you've got, a, you've got an associate or someone that you know, may not be your friend, or certainly you may not want to admit, that is like this and talks like, you know, this, you know, set them straight before they do something dumb. Amen. 
crazy. Yeah, that is, that is crazy. Now, I hadn't heard much of that, but yeah, it's not surprising, actually. I, I have. I mean, I've, sure. I've heard of this as of late, and it just turns my stomach when I hear stuff like that. I have seen some strange behaviors, especially in California, where there there was some uh, videos going around, in especially in San Francisco, where people are just walking in stores and just taking stuff and then walking out. And there's there's so few staff, and there's probably no security, and they're just uh, they're just rolling in and rolling out. I mean, they're on video. It's you know, yeah, it's really strange. I, I, I think along with those people and those, there's people that are trying to take advantage for these scams of people uh, during this time. There's a special place in hell for them. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're taking advantage yeah. of folks. It's like, especially seniors, they're taking advantage of seniors with gimmicks and stuff like that related to the coronavirus. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a, you know, the devil's got something reserved spot right next to him for you because that's 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 crazy crazy immoral so but i did see something that was kind of interesting this reporter asked two of the leading hacking rings i guess um and asked them if they were going to stop their hacks on hospitals and both of them pledged this is interesting both of them pledged that not only are they going to stop the hacks on hospitals you know for, they typically do it for bitcoins right and lock them out of their yeah. own network that they will help hospitals, you know, you know, if somehow they're somehow swooped up, they will help them with to get the the decryption key. Hmm. I thought that's an interesting. That's the white hats. I mean, hey, any I, any any publicity is good publicity. Even, I well, they're still black hats, but I think what they're saying is is well, we're you know for this one we're you know we're about making money, but for this one we draw the line, which you know. Whether they actually do that or not, I don't know, but I was happy to at least read that story. Well, that I was, you know, I was just going to say, come on, Ben, you, you got to take us out on a positive note. And I think you actually managed to do that. So good show, my friend. And um, thanks again. It's fun, fun chatting. Always a pleasure. Um, I am going to go sequester myself and I won't, won't hurt myself. <laughs> All right, man. We're, All we're right, out. Stay, stay safe. One, two, three, and... 47 millionaires on a ship with marble squares Leaking up their lollipops No one ever interrupts 47 millionaires on a ship with marble squares Playing with their teddy bears Talking about the rising Song, dancing, laughing all night long. Forty-seven millionaires on a ship with marble squares, praying to the morning sun, talking with their golden tongue. And I wished I was one of them. And I wished I was one of them. I'd love to be a millionaire. I wished I had a golden mare, and I would waste my Time by looking for the perfect rhyme. Life is easy, life is good. It would be like Hollywood if I could be a millionaire.
cobble squares There was a wave that killed them all And now the lollipops are gone Forty-seven millionaires On a ship with marble squares Traveling to the nowhere land Where nasty pleasures never end And I wished I was one of them And I wished I was one of them May tell me how can it be That money can set you free Tell me how can it be That money can set you can it be that money can set you free? Tell me, how can it be that money can set you, money can set you free? I'd love to be a millionaire, I wish I had a gold mare, and I would waste my precious time by 